program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Um, Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green. And I'm excited to welcome my guests, um, Ben Davidson and Dallas A. Brooks. And I am really excited to hear your story. I only have hints of the story. So before we waste too much time, let's do a short intro. um, Because this is the first time I've had a double guest feature. What? (laughs) Um, And so Ben, you go ahead because you're alphabetically first. And then Dallas say, introduce yourself and then go into the story of how you two know each other. All right. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, my name is Ben Davidson. live in Idaho in the USA. Um, by day, I am uh, an executive for a credit union. And uh, as a hobby, I love entrepreneurship. I've listened to hours and hours of podcasts for years and years and just love the concept, uh, but would never leave my day job that I love. Uh, another passion of mine is travel, and I love meeting the people and the places I go. So a few years ago, hatched this idea for creating a nonprofit called Entrepreneurs Against Poverty, where I give my expertise and my capital to entrepreneurs in uh, struggling countries to try to help them start their business. And eventually, I want to get to where I can travel there and uh, bring some videographer interns and shoot an internet show and get some sponsors. So. I'm at the very, very beginning of that dream, uh, which led me to Dalise and to help her with her business. And I met Dalise through LinkedIn. She reached out to me actually promoting you and your book, which we'll have to get into. But um, I'm like, wait a minute, this is really cool that this young lady from where are you from, Dalise? I'm originally from, South, well, from Malawi, but I live in South Africa. Which is super close to Idaho. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, Dallas, share, introduce yourself and share your side of how you two met. Okay, so my name is Dallisa Brooks. I'm originally from Malawi, but I'm living here in South Africa. Um, I've been, uh, um, yeah, I've been here for about now, it's uh, about 16 years. Um, I did some of my schooling in, in uh, Bristol, England, and um, I've been uh, now studying with the uh, BYU Idaho. I'm doing a business management with a finance emphasis. Um, and um, so I, during the day, um, well, that I do during the night, but during the day, I um, I do my business, the Shipanta business. Um, and uh, I love outdoor activities. So anything that's tough and uh, making you, well, that makes you, make me want to uh, you know, be more active in uh, just being out there doing outdoor things. I love nature. And so, yeah, that's uh, mostly about me. <laughs> awesome. So how did you meet Ben? I met uh, Ben uh, via LinkedIn uh, as well. I um, So on my profile picture, well, my profile picture, my background profile picture, they, they are the sandals that I make. And then um, I got a, a message from Ben to say that um, um, 
he would love to get involved with whatever I'm doing, um, with uh, whatever I'm doing. And so I couldn't believe that someone just said that. And so I reached out to him uh, via LinkedIn and they sent me his email address. And um, I thought it was not really real until we started really communicating because <laughs> I thought like, who's, who's been so, being so kind? Um, right. So uh, yeah, so that's how we met. That is very cool. So you have these sandals that you make. You're trying to get the message out there. I know several months ago you were looking for distribution to U.S. And so Ben has been your mentor in one, volunteering himself to be a mentor to you, but helping you grow your business where you can truly get it out of, you know, out of the country that you live in to where the market might be a little stronger for your product. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I don't really describe him as just a mentor. I just, I describe him as a, a human angel because I believe he's such a human angel. Like, I mean, being here in South Africa, my life has been really hard and harsh and um, having him uh, helping me on in this, on that scale and, uh, you know, his time, his resources, I mean, especially even time alone, that's, for me, time is really investment that, you know, you can give to anybody. It's, it's, it's very special. The amount of time that he spends with me, uh, uh, it's unbelievable. And so this is a human angel for me. Um, that I like that. I, I think human angel is a stronger term than mentor. Yeah. 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 And obviously that's because, you know, mentor, a lot of times, you know, we might pay them. Um, some mentors are free, but uh, time is the most sacred thing we can give each other. Absolutely. It's the only commodity we can't re-earn. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm so honored to work with Dali Say. In fact, I took that term angel. And if you go to my website, entrepov.com, stands for Entrepreneurs Against Poverty. Um, my job title is angel entrepreneur. So it's not angel investor because I don't take any stake in the companies that I help. Uh, but I love that term angel entrepreneur. It uh, Angel entrepreneur says it all. Um, Deli say, sometimes we'll ask, why do you do what you do? And I say, well, I can tell God really loves you and I really love him. So it's a perfect win-win. Uh, I love that. I was doing the evangelical, you know, praise because I just, I love how when we listen to those little nudges, how mighty things come about. So when she reached out to you, Ben, on LinkedIn, no, you, you reached out to her. So how did that go? Which way? Yeah, I reached out to her. Um, I've been telling um, people that I know a little bit about my vision for Entrepreneurs Against Poverty and how I would tell them I want to do this when I retire full time and that I'm, you know, had all these plans for the future. And they said, well, why does it have to wait until the future when you retire? And I was like, hmm, well, that's a good point. So I decided just to put it out there in the universe. Um, and I have a friend who uh, wanted to be a partner. And so we both share the capital um, that we share with others. And then um, we work together on it. His name's Gary Lee Fisher, he's in Utah. And um, so, yeah, I reached out to Dali Say and said, hey, I run this uh, nonprofit and uh, I'd like to get involved. Your sandals are beautiful. It looks like a fun product. I've never seen anything exactly like it in the US. So I think we could put up a Shopify online e-commerce store and make this work. But we'll definitely have to put a link um, in the show notes for the sandals because I saw them and I was like, I want a pair, <laughs> right? And so that's very cool. Now, how did you come about the idea of making these sandals, Dallas? 
Um, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I, okay. So one thing I, I, I was, I was working in retail for a long time. Oh, I worked in retail for a long time. And uh, also I had, I've always had this um, um, desire to be able to create something. Um, and uh, also from my story, having a, or being that a girl that, you know, when I was growing up, I only had like literally one dress and I had literally no shoes. Um, and so for me, being able to make a sandal or a shoe, it's just a dream that just came true. Um, I just wanted to make something that, you know, I know that I couldn't, I'll have it that at, at one point, well, many, many, many years. <laughs> um, and so that kind of motivated me to be able to make shoes um, for, yeah. Now, when you grew up, was it common for the kids around you to also not have shoes? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So how does a girl that has no shoes end up making not just shoes, but beautiful shoes? <laughs> There's a little bit deeper story there. <laughs> what, what was there a moment that this came to you? How did that happen? It happened, especially when I remember when my grandfather, before he passed away, um, he told me um, about he sees a he saw a vision for me, and um, um, my uncle who was raising me up, he always pushed me to study hard. Um, he just wanted me to be able to be self reliant, um, and so when he passed away. I felt like my whole life was literally done. And so I did not push myself to like, you know, going to study further. I just felt like I was not made for school. Um, so everything just literally, my life kind of ended that time. Like, you know, I just went to a, a normal basic job and in retail. And I thought that was fine, that was comfortable. Um, but then I, I knew that deep down, I'm, I wasn't happy, but I was just, you know, comfortable. But I, I, deep down again, I knew that uh, I can do better than this. And so I started doing Shipanta in the, you know, yeah. So it started with a vision from your grandfather. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is education free where you grow up, grew up or do you have to, your family have to pay for that separate from taxes? You mean the, the education? Yeah. So like here in America, education is free if you, you know, any everyone gets to go to school for free. Right. And of course, I've seen movies, so I'm totally informed about life in Africa. You know, it's a huge place. So I don't know in Malawi if we going to school, was that free to go to school or did your parents have to come up with money each year to pay for that? No, so to go to school to like the uh, primary school, that's free. Uh, but going to um, secondary school and all that, like so university. Secondary school is, yeah, I'm sorry. Secondary school is how old? Um, uh, well, it depends how fast or how slow someone goes about, but there's not like age limits in Malawi. Like you can literally, um, it, it just depends with the person, how fast and how slow they go about studying. So a 40 year old who doesn't know how to read could go back to primary school. I've never seen any, <laughs> but long time ago, there was what they call Kwasha. Um, they called Kwasha, school of Kwasha, where, um, 40 year olds would go to like school to learn to read and to write. Uh, but like, I'm just like trying to say that there's no age limits uh, when someone can go to school. They don't really like say you can't come to school because you're old kind of thing. So um, it's really cool that the government has taken that step to make sure that education is free because your grandfather and your uncle both knew that education would be a way out for you. Absolutely. Now they they when when it comes to so when um, okay so like the primary school is is free, 
for like university and all that that you have to pay and that's where my grandfather really comes in because he worked really hard the point that he would spend the night you know out there trying to hustle trying to get income to pay education for his um, um, sons because he hoped that if he's he, he educates them he can educate us and you know we can educate the rest kind of thing so he believed in uh, um, empowering people knowing that once I empower this person, this person can empower this person. Well, um, and mm-hmm. educating you as a girl too, is that pretty advanced? I mean, not all cultures have the same idea of educating women equal to men. Is that something your grandfather held uniquely or was that standard in your country? Um, uh, I guess it also depends with like the family. Like in my family where I was, well, especially I was raised up by my uncle who just literally, he wanted to just give and to support. And so I come, I, I have that sort of um, um, his, um, <laughs> his love where you just want to help other people. And so I think my, when it comes to that, it also, like I said, it just depends on the family. Like for me, my, my family, we very kind of people that we love supporting one another. And um, especially me, I just believe that's what life is supposed to be, supporting one another. And I mean, if I'm part, if I'm empowered and if I pass someone else, that takes a burden out of me, knowing that the other person can support the other person. And at least we are more um, helping each other than one person doing it all. I love that. And I think, I love that that's your family philosophy that you can't pass up helping someone else in the family, but you know, we're all the human family, right? And Ben saw an opportunity to help someone in the human family and didn't turn that up, turn that down, turn that opportunity down. So, um, and Ben, when you decided to start this, evidently you've had a background in entrepreneurship and helping people in the United States do this. Why did you decide to go international with it? Uh, really, what intrigued me was the microfinance industry where a very small micro loan goes a long way in a country where the exchange rate is super favorable. So it's... Um, and the stories to me are more dramatic and more um, exciting. And I'm the type who really hates first world problems. And uh, I think if you realize exactly how blessed you are um, in the United States of America, your life's going to be a lot happier. So what better way than to um, see how the struggles that others have. Like I admire Dalise so much because she is um, by herself. Her sister is there in South Africa, but um, her parents have, un- his, her mom still lives in the village and her father has passed, her grandfather, her uncle, they've all passed on and she's disciplined enough to get up at 4 a.m. and study and get a bachelor's degree from BYU-Idaho. Um, and then work on the sandals. So if there's anyone who deserves um, a stepping stone, as she calls it, it's her. And uh, when I look around at everything I have, um, it just makes me feel so blessed and privileged to be able to help uh, such an amazing person. I love this so much. I tear up a little bit. So I'm a trucker's daughter. And one of the things that I would do when sitting in the cab of my dad's truck and I would be driving by towns and I would be looking at houses and you just kind of, you know, you're seeing the backyard where they're, you know, it's facing the highway. And my dad moved mobile homes. And so they weren't always in the most upscale parts of town. And so I would drive by what poverty looked like in America. And we didn't have a lot. 
And one day I said to my mom that we were poor. And so she sent me to go live with friends of hers in Mexico for the summer and to work for Mexican wages. And so at 13, I took this looking at how people live and making assessments are like the happier, they sad or right. Looking at their yards and kind of looking at their lives and took that thing that I did. And then now I'm in Mexico living with a family and getting paid Mexican wages, which were substantially less than a kid could command in, in Utah where I lived. And as I've traveled internationally, I still do that where I just look around and you see how many people struggle with just getting food. You know, when you see kids without shoes, those are not kids that are fighting over what electronic device they have. And um, it just, yeah, I totally agree with you. I get a little emotional when people rip on America because I'm like, we, I have the opportunity to this. And because of what you're doing, you're giving Dallas say the American dream. That's and it goal. takes, it takes money. It takes people believing in you to be able to take yourself from a different circumstance. And then Dallas say with her heart is going to turn that around and empower other women and her family. And that's amazing. I mean, I, I personally cannot say I could get up at 4am to, to do that. <laughs> so I need to, I need to take a, um, some discipline from your book, Dallas A. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, just to add up um, regarding, you know, how brother of Ben and I met. Um, she refers to him as brother because one, we're all children of God. And two, because in the faith that you share, which I also share, the Church Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, we refer to each other as brother and sister, imprinting in our minds that we are children of God. All of us are equal. No one is better than the other. The fact that Ben and I were born in the United States um, is not because God loves us more. It's just a different different set of circumstances that we have, but we're all equal and equally loved of God. So you, you can call him brother, but now, now our audience knows why you're doing that. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, brother Debson. Um, so one of the things that I like, he mentioned that, you know, um, he loves helping other people and I think you know, while he was, you know, having that, he had that desire, I was also praying on my side to, um, and, um, okay, so I, I remember, I, I'm 100% I, I, I'm sure that I, I was the one that sent the friend request on uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> because in my hoping, I was hoping, I was praying that, you know, during that time, um, someone will be able to, uh, will be able to reach out and help out, um, and so I, I strongly believe that this was really an angel, heavenly saint that you know came down to help me right now. And so I'm I'm deeply grateful. I'm, I'm very deeply grateful. I cannot really say much about that. Just be grateful. <laughs> well, I love that you prayed, but it takes to pray for something. You know, we can only see what we see as possible. Mm-hmm. And I love this that you saw something as possible. You made these beautiful sandals you realized there was a market for them, but probably not where you lived. And without any connections, you started reaching out. That's a huge leap of faith. Can you remember that moment? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I did that for, for a little while. I mean, oh, for a while, you know. So when he reached out, I was like, is this really true? Is this really happening? And to now, like, you know, this really, a prayer answered but like you know Tuna I know that uh, that was really a, a big faith that I took 
to uh, just go out there and, and he also you know being able to respond to that it's a huge that's how I, that's how I respect him a lot so how many people did you reach out to on LinkedIn before you got a positive response? Um, not reached out, so I'll just send like friend requests and the people would like, you know, um, just just reach out and just say, oh, I mean, just send, like a friend request. Right, I, so how I, many friend requests did you send out before? A lot. Like, a lot. like thousands. Thousands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. I was like, I was like, no, like now I've got about eleven thousand friends on on LinkedIn. So I mean, out of that, I mean, I've got, I still have like close people friends that I can still talk to, but out of the eleven thousand, then that's only Brother Davidson that has been really a, a strong connection. So when people are saying, "Well, I tried, I reached out to some people, and I worked 11,000. <laughs> 11,000. I know when you reached out to me, I'm like, these are beautiful sandals, uh, U.S. distribution, something you need. I didn't have any connections with that. And so it's been kind of fun to see a little bit this progression from very much on the outside from where you didn't have that. And I didn't know what to do. And then, of course, I need to take a lesson from Ben's book because I'm just kind of like, I don't know if this person's for real or not. So I'm being humbled here. So thank you for your good example, Ben, on that. But Ben had the expertise and a nonprofit specifically designed to help what you were looking for. And it took 11,000 requests to find him. I just think that is, I might t t go to my kids and say, did you try 11,000 times? <laughs> <laughs> if your dream is strong enough, you'll try 11,000 times. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I say to my makeup team, if your discomfort is, um, if your discomfort at being, not having resources, not having money, whatever, is strong enough, you will not be uncomfortable approaching a potential client. And your discomfort was strong enough that you were like, I'll try 11,000 times until I find what I need. Yeah, one of the things that I appreciated with Dali say is that she has such a passion for these sandals. They're made out of soft rope that uh, really reflect the colors of South Africa. And they have a nice pad in the uh, cushioning in the sole because she knows what it's like to walk miles and miles on uh, hot asphalt because uh, she used to do it barefoot. And uh, they have these vibrant patterns um, that reflect African patterns. And so uh, she has a passion for the sandals. One of the things that I say all the time to college students that listen to me speak about job searching, because that's what my book is about, is it's called Get Hired Guarantee. It's a, it's a bestseller on Amazon and it's a bestseller because it's free. So you can go download it. It's uh, Get Hired Guarantee by Ben Davidson. And one of the things I say in there is that, um, you have to have a passion for the work that you're trying to get in the industry um, and start doing. And she definitely has that. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard is from Al Pacino. And he said this to someone who was wanting help becoming a great actor. And he gave the person help. And the person said, well, um, I bet you get requests like this all the time. And he said, no, no one wants to know how to be great. They just want 
to be introduced to an agent or to get some kind of free help, but nobody wants to learn how to be great. Um, and I, and Dali says the exception to that, you know, I'm, she says I'm one in 11,000, but she's also one in 11,000 because she's not just asking for an interview. She's not just asking for uh, something. Donation. Yeah. Yep. She wants um, to actually learn and create an amazing product and then uh, become a good entrepreneur. So I uh, served my uh, a mission for a year and a half in, in Arizona and Michigan in the deaf program. And I had these cheap sandals because I, you know, was poor by American standards, but not poor by worldly, you know, the world standard. Um, and I was standing on the road giving someone instructions and my shoes, the tread started melting to the road. And so when you talk about having to walk barefoot on asphalt, I started crying because I just think how hard that must have been for your mom and dad and your uncle and your grandpa and everyone who loved you to know that they couldn't give you shoes. That is a very powerful component of your story. And I'm sure Ben has been coaching you on how to share that because to you, where you came from is what everyone came from. But to a lot of people, I may not have had good shoes and I have too many shoes now because I only had one pair of shoes, but I had shoes. So, yeah. and I didn't have to, my shoes might've melted to the asphalt ones, <laughs> but I still had shoes. So I'm super inspired by your story. And it, I hope that people listening, that it pings their heart to know that, imagine your child, you know, their feet on hot asphalt like that, you know, and these, we're all God's children, we're all equal. And what that has created in you is truly something beautiful, Dallas say. Thank so you. So you get up at 4 a.m to study at BYU-Idaho, which is another international outreach program. Um, ben, you wanna tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's um, a four-year school. Uh, Dali Say is going through the business management uh, major. She graduates here in a month, so that's exciting. And um, yeah, the uh, education is highly subsidized by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so our donations go to help um, Dali Say and others like her to be able to study um, at really at no cost. And um, so that's making the world a much better place. Um, I've heard it said before that when you um, educate a woman that you're educating a generation and it's uh, such a wonderful thing to be a part of and to see. Um, so I'm very proud of her and all the work that she's done. and. Uh, we're trying to make this sandal business um, something that will be her career. And uh, so, yeah, Chapantha is the name of her brand. It's named after her grandfather. And um, so Chapantha.com is where you can find some beautiful sandals and a beautiful story. I love videography. And so her story is there in video. Um, one of the things that I just absolutely love to share is that um, she was a little girl with only one red dress and no shoes. And now she is a sandal designer and has her own brand. And more than one dress now? A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this story so much. So um, 
Ben, when you were talking about donations, that is tithing. Um, so 10% of the income of members of the Church Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints are helping to fund education for people like Dallas Saint. How many do you know? Do you have those numbers of how many people internationally are getting subsidized educations? I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's got to be um, thousands. I know it's something that's talked about a lot, so that's very cool. And I didn't realize, I knew that it was kind of on a sliding scale of the individual's ability to pay or not pay, but the education would not be denied to those in, uh, you know, second world and third world countries that would not otherwise have that opportunity to get a first class education. Yeah. And I think Dalise has a benefactor. Um, isn't that right? That decided they wanted to just cover the cost for you somehow they must know who you are yeah yeah i don't know who that person is too i mean that's one of the things i'm really to be grateful for um i, I was just um uh, you know um because at first um I, I well i think the few semester well i think about well, the pathway because instead of pathway um i think pathway? The, yeah the pathway yeah i started pathway first and then um, when um, I started with BYU, um, uh, the company that I worked for, um, again, they they agreed to pay half of my tuition. Um, but I was only the person, the only person that they agreed to pay the tuition for. They denied to pay that even half to everybody in the company. I don't know how it happened to me. Um, then I got uh, dis not dismissed. I got um, retrenched from work because the company was not making enough money. And um, the same month that I got um, dismissed, um, um, someone offered to pay the whole tuition. So, you know, things happen for a reason, and I've got no, I've got no um, doubt that you know that had happened for a reason. And I don't know, if, I don't even know who is paying for the whole tuition till now. Um, I'm just again deeply grateful to that person. And they're choosing to be anonymous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got more than one human angel. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I love that. I love that. It's so amazing. So the Pathway Program is helping. Um, I know my nephew here in the United States is on the Pathway Program, and it's helping people here that, you know, might need to work and going to school full time is not a luxury they may have because they also need to work. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, you know, they say that 48% of Americans, um, you just Google how many Americans get to go to college. It's not quite half get to go to college when a lot of those people would like others that don't go to college would like to, but you know, they need to work. It takes a lot of emotional support to go. And so here is Dallas A doing something that a lot of Americans you're working, creating a business, getting up at 4am to go to school and the pathway program plus this international program are making that possible. And I just, I cannot say how much I love that. I love it. So since you want to pay even more tithing because that's where it's where that's the the uses that it's going towards i think that's amazing um i have i have a daughter that passed away and she's in heaven and i always talk about how my daughter is networking for me on the other side and she's like getting in lines and volunteering her mom for things she's like my mom can do this my mom can do that now if a baby um you know who i know that her her soul her spirit is not up you know a little baby crying up in heaven she's you know a spirit you know a grown individual but the connection that I have to my daughter and that she's networking for me, how much stronger is that connection with your grandfather and your uncle and those that have passed networking for you and seeing the effort you put in those quiet moments 
because when you were messaging those 11,000 people, <laughs> right? Yeah, I just, right? I like to visualize this angel kind of nudging Ben on the shoulder. <laughs> and um, I'm sure that Ben plus I, a lot of people, we get people reaching out to us and we're like, we have no way of knowing if they're the real deal and whatever obstacles need to be torn down both Ben and I trusted you. Ben, obviously, more, way more than I did. I'm like, yeah, let's get you on my podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ben has given you a lot of time. Now, Ben, do you have a family? I do, yeah. My, I live with my wife and three children. My oldest is uh, serving a religious mission in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, gets back soon. And then I have a senior and a sophomore. Well, we have similar ages of kids, except for the oldest one. My son's just getting ready to be serving a mission. So it's an exciting time for our families. We find out where in the world he might go. Cause when you submit papers, you go anywhere in the world and maybe he'll go to South Africa and meet Dallas A. So if my say. son <laughs> goes to South Africa, I expect you to make sure his shoes are in good shape. <laughs> and I'll feed him a law. <laughs> that's right you'll feed him perfect sounds really good well we definitely need to be promoting these sandals and getting the word out about these sandals because it sounds like the two of you have collaborated enough to get the whole entire system set up and um a Shopify couldn't be easier than that um when you set this business up on this end how are you getting the shoes from South Africa, is it like a whole entire shipping container? How is this working? Like how many shoes have to come over at a time? Yeah, we um, usually shipments of about 50. We initially tried to go with an inexpensive shipping route and uh, send them by post office and then by boat. And they got lost at sea for about three months, but then they finally uh, showed up here in the States just recently. Uh, so well, after how long that- how long were they gone? I'm sorry I interrupted you. It was probably about three months. Um, so then we gave up on those. Luckily, it was a small shipment. So then we air freighted another 50 over um, just pretty recently. And so we're selling through that stock um, right now. And um, yeah, so it's- And how much do these sandals sell for? Shell for? How much do these sandals sell for? Go ahead, Dalise. Okay, um, currently they are on a, um, we're running a sale. They are, um, they range from $54. Um, so yeah, so those are like the ones with ropes and the, the non-rope, the, the pure, the ones with pure leather, those are um, $64. $64. Very reasonable. I like it. Well, I'll have to go get me a pair. So I'm excited about this and then I'll be able to tout my cute Dallas Day shoes. Now, what's the name of the shoe company again? Japantel. Japantel. Now, that's your yeah. grandfather's name. That's my grandfather's name, yes. And what does it mean? Because I know that a lot of African names actually have meaning. <laughs> you know, I've asked my, my, my mom to find out the, the meaning of it, or even the names of the meanings of our names. No one knows. <laughs> so I um, just need to make one up then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, for me, just for me, just means someone that you know um, saw a, a vision, and um, you know, I, I want to live up to that vision. Um, and someone that really worked really hard to help me to um, um, 
to be where I am because without my grandfather, I wouldn't have been here. I mean, he's the one that asked my uncle to say that before my passing, you need to take care of this child. Like you need to take care of her. And so my my uncle was like, you know what? I mean, I didn't know about that arrangement or that that uh, arrangement. Um, but then my, my after like many many years, my uncle came to me. So it's like, you know, you know, my dad asked me to take care of you, and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And that's what that's exactly what I'm doing. And so. Yes, because of him, um, I was able to go to, you know, you know, to get more education kind of and, until now, until today. Now, so, yeah. do you, you have a father that you grew up with? Uh, no. So my mom and my dad made when they were still young, um, probably about 16 or 17 years old. And my dad was kind of, kind of very a player guy. <laughs> and so I didn't really know, I, I, I don't really, I didn't know my dad that much. So um, really your grandfather served as your father absolutely and absolutely. your uncle as your mother <laughs> the, next man, the next man in in place to make sure that you had um a supportive man in your life yeah definitely, definitely. wow yeah i didn't like, know my we haven't heard about the dad so <laughs> yeah no but that was, uh... you're being raised by a single mother with no, I was, raised up, I was raised up by my uncle, my uncle and he and his wife. So when my uncle, my uncle was living out of the, the village at that time when he finished his education. And um, that's also when we moved to England with them. Um, and so they, he took me with, with him at, at one point, I mean, at that point. Um, wow. So I've been raised up by him. So my uncle was mostly like my mom and my dad in one because of the love that he showed me. He never made me Make, make me any different the way he loved his children is the way he loved me and so um yeah yeah that's amazing that, that's the reason why my surname is brooks because that's my gra my grandfather's surname also my, my uncle's surname um and I, I just felt like you know uh yes he's my dad but like i just felt like it's kind of and I, I don't know uh, honoring my mom my, my grandfather my, my uncle taking their surname <laughs> so you were raised by men I, I, you know, that's exactly what's happening. So I've been raised by men. I'm being taken care of by men, like by the Davidson. <laughs> so my life has been really empowered by men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I love that because a lot, there's a, <laughs> a narrative out there that men try to hold a lot of women down and in different parts of the world and that, that narrative in here in America. And you are an example that men can be loving and nurturing and empower a young girl. But Absolutely. those are some huge obstacles you've overcome absolutely absolutely now men have has the one i mean without men i think in my life i wouldn't have been where i am today um but it's been just the men that have been pushed me that has helped me in that that have given me vision and the support that one would need from like you know our the stepping stones and so I, I, yeah <laughs> wow and the women in your life so your mom did i mean she as you say she made you when she was really young where has your mom been? So when I was born in a village, my mom was there, but uh, I think because she had me when she was still young, she didn't have that much of, um, I don't know. <laughs> she didn't have the much of like, because my grandfather and my grandmother were there and they loved me more. So I think I was more kind of um, natured by my grandmother and my grandfather than my mom. And because I think she was also young, she didn't know how to take care of a child. And so, yeah. It sounds like you've been very forgiving towards her, and I—that's uh, impressive. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, think we all make mistakes. 
yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. know, from the way you're saying it, you're not like, ah, oh, my mother. And then, the, you know, you're just focusing on the good. You're just focusing on the good that people gave you. To be honest, I mean, uh, if my mom would have said, no, let, don't take my child, let, let her here, I'm going to look after her, I wouldn't have been had the opportunities that I've had today. Like, in, even to speak English, I wouldn't have been able to speak English, for example, you know. Um, and so I think everything happens for a reason. I believe it strongly. There's nothing that, ha that, that happens coincidental. Um, and so, I mean, knowing that God knew that my mom couldn't take care of me. And so he placed certain people on a path to help out because he knew that my mom won't be able to do that. And so for me to say that my mom couldn't take care of me, um, uh, then I've got this kind of feel, feeling against her, that would be really sad because I mean, I know for sure that my mom would have given the opportunities that my uncle gave me um, or, um, you know, at that point. So, yeah. I love that. So how long did you live in England? For about 16 years. Oh, 16 years. I love a British accent, which is why you have, you have the cool, now your native country was Malawi. Yes. And then South Africa. And I mean, there's just no way between the three countries, you couldn't end up having an amazing accent. So <laughs> ben and I have the mountain West accent. <laughs> Notice I said mountain. Do you, how do you say mountain? Ben? Mountain. Oh, mountain. <laughs> yep. So Ben and I both yep. say it the Utah, Idaho way. So the correct way to say it, Delazy, I'm sorry, Dallas say, is mountain. <laughs> That's very much British kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, there's there's an accent where we where we live, and it's not not known for its exoticness. I've been really inspired by your story, and I hope that those listening, it may take eleven eleven thousand requests to find your your angel but i love that i had to dig for that information that you weren't like oh i went through this terribly hard thing of having to reach out and i love the story of both human angels and the angels from beyond that love you because they're real and they care about us and they care about the practical too and I hope that your business is crazy successful. And I hope that this podcast helped not only sell a few sandals, but get the word out more about what you're doing and the example that you are not only to us, but to your own community and you keep doing it. And when it feels hard, know that you're not alone. I love it. Anything you both of you would like to share before we end? Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us um, on the show. We've really enjoyed hearing your insights as well and hope that your audience uh, is inspired by Dalise's story. Well, thank you for your good example. I'm like, I need to be um, more receptive to the right people on, on LinkedIn. So thank you, uh, Ben, for um, taking Dalise underneath your wing and being that angel. So and, you know, God bless you and your kids. I'm sure that this is a profound thing for your children. And if you haven't shared with them more about Dallas Say, I think that would be pretty inspiring. I know I'm going to go talk to my kids about it. So I love this. I love this story and your, your free book. We'll make sure that we put that expensive, expensive book title in our show notes <laughs> on entrepreneurship. And um, I hope that your nonprofit is able to really flourish. That is amazing. I love it. So thank you, Ben. And Dallas, say you want to say something? No, I just wanted to correct because I, 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 
when you ask me how long I've, I was in England, I'm like 16. I'm thinking of 16 of what, what that's what I've been here for 16 years. So oh. I was England was about, was about, about 10 years old. You know, I, I came back when I was about 17 years old. So I can't remember how many years is that. Okay, so seven <laughs> years. Okay, six, seven years. But it was enough to get a very cool accent. <laughs> so thank you for the inspiration. And I love how you just focus on the good. And I do think that's a, a hidden key of wisdom that we can focus on being a victim and we can whine or we can focus on being a victor and focus on the good and what the next steps are. Thank, so you. thank you for that reminder. Thank you. And thank you for your time. I mean, uh, yeah, we are really, truly grateful for your time. And, oh, you're uh, no, you, you, uh, you've rewarded me greatly with an inspirational story. And I want to thank both Ben and Delise for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green and my guest today, Ben Davidson and Delise Brooks. Thank you. Thank you, Lita. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.